0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and
1: Liam. Streaming at dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast
0: app. There is an alien among us. A superior being from a place called Krypton. Deep in the heart of the city... He watches for signs of danger. Ready to act on a moment's notice. His true name is Kal-El. You know him as Superman.
2: Maybe you ladies haven't heard about me. The future of Metropolis
0: is in the hands of the Man of Steel. Get up. He's gonna be busy. I said get up. Superman. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to episode 197 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right. It is Liam. Liam, we are smack dab in the middle of a month of Superman reviews. And uh, after last week's legendarily bad episode Uh, we turn turn the page here and and look forward to another review of superman the animated series this week uh we have a villain team up episode which wasn't something that was featured too too often in superman the animated series so something unique about that but uh definitely some some things that i think we have to talk about today welcome to episode 197 of the dcau review
2: that is right as you mentioned we are reviewing yet another episode of superman and it is in fact a supervillain team up as we bring you the live wire and parasite duo in this week's episode where we're reviewing a double dose
1: that is right and uh before we get into our four categories Talking about this one, this one, I feel like was another one of those Superman episodes and I don't know what it is that whole second season, maybe it was just they rotated that season so heavily but this is another one of those episodes that we either had on videotape and saw a whole bunch or they. You know, put it into heavy rotation at some point because man, I, I pretty much knew every every quip, every beat for beat uh story plot point here. And uh let's let's uh let's get into that as we do. But before we do, we have our official imdb synopsis brought to you by the pod tower. Don't forget you can subscribe to the pod tower at youtube.com slash the pod tower. Not only will you get our full catalog of episodes, but you'll also get amazing content from other dcau content creators liam with that let's get into today's imdb official synopsis
2: that is right this is for the episode a double dose which is written by hillary bader directed by Yuichiro yano uh, with music by harvey cohen and animation by coco and dong yang and that synopsis reads as such Livewire escapes from prison eager to attain revenge on superman something that she hopes to achieve by teaming up with the parasite
1: okay okay it leaves uh I, leaves something in there
2: i feel like that's accurate and that there isn't really much of a <laughs> a plan to this we can get into our our little recap that we do here but uh yeah, we, uh, we we open up with, uh, there's like a janitor walking through a, uh, we quickly understand is a, is a prison, we see that he is uh, mopping the floors back near Livewire's cell, and of course, he's a real, he's a real idiot, and he didn't, uh, didn't mind the signs, despite a security guard pointing them out that you're not supposed to have anything electronic on you when you go back towards Wire cell, but he lets her listen to some music on his Walkman. You see, kids, a Walkman. <laughs> we have to, okay, we first we have to explain Walkman, then we have to explain what a cassette
1: tape was. Hey, cassette tapes made a weird a hours. weird comeback like a couple years ago. I I think there are some most people know what a cassette tape is these days. Thirteen well, Reasons was... Why has we uh, got go. to blame for that. So there you go. But
2: yes, uh, using a a little bit of uh, juice, she's able to drain from the batteries of the Walkman. Livewire is able to escape and uh, wreak a little havoc once again, as we see uh, Lois and and Clark, uh, uh, or actually it's just Lois because Superman is there um, at at a, at a press conference with the SCU, Dan Turpin's talking a big game about how he's, how they're going to take down Livewire and, uh, Livewire shows up, and uh, this is what I would. Uh, this is one of the first moments of the of what just becomes a very horny episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, just, I would and, say the and... horniness
1: started way back with the with the the janitor. Like there That's was there there was some subtle there was some subtle. Livewire uses her sensuality for sure in that in that scene to try and lure him in.
0: Yo,
2: Rapmaster Danny.
0: Hey, stupid! Huh? I love a man who knows his limitations. What you listening to?
1: My Walkman.
0: Sounded like Voodoo Connection. Oh, I'd sure like to hear a cutoff of their new album.
1: I don't think so. I'm not even supposed to be talking to you.
0: Yeah? You're not even supposed to be listening to music, but you are. Don't go. Talk to me. It's so boring in here, so lonely. I've been waiting for someone like you to come along, someone to help me shake things up a little.
2: What do you want
1: me to do?
0: How about a little music for Livewire? just to get me in the mood?
1: Sure. Why not? she uses some euphemisms to, to try and infer that she's looking for a quote-unquote good time with the janitor uh, and then yeah it just kind of goes downhill from there
2: yeah so she uh, she appears at this press conference uh she plants a kiss on Dan Turpin and like fries him while she's doing it um surprised Dan Turpin didn't turn to Ash then he had a <laughs> It was like a Final Destination thing when he didn't die here, his fate was sailed, But he he needs to <laughs> die in some sort of violent uh, energy blast still to come. But uh, yes, oh, so, so no. that <laughs> that bleeds over into a, a fight between Livewire and Superman. Uh, Livewire looks like she's getting the upper hand before Superman is able to uh, throw one of her weaknesses the same way he defeated her in their first battle by. Uh, unleashing a little good old good old h2o on her and uh she retreats and then kind of figures that she needs a a new plan if she's going to take down superman and decides that she needs to uh, recruit some help
1: that's right and uh she's very clear with what her plan is uh she wants uh, justice Revenge and Superman's life is what she declares that she's after. So in order to accomplish this, she heads uh, over to uh, Strikers Island and visiting uh, visiting one Rudy Jones, a.k.a. the Parasite. And as Rudy is watching what appears to be reruns of David Letterman, perhaps, or a a David Letterman knockoff, we get uh, we get Livewire appearing in his cell. And uh, yeah, she begins to pitch her plan to him, so to speak, Uh, a team up, as it were, offering a partnership. And again, once again, sort of using sexuality as a way to sort of lure Rudy in, because of course, Rudy's uh, Rudy's been cooped up here and and he's probably all by himself. And she plays upon that. Okay, folks, let's see if he'll...
0: By golly, he's really doing it. He's drinking milk out of his owner's mouth. Wow, wow, Rudy. Huh? Is this the bone they threw you? A big TV? How'd you like to have some real laughs? Poor little parasite. I've been where you are. Locked away in a cell. All alone, no one to see, no one to touch, and all because of Superman. Superman. But we could take care of him, you and I. And then, when we're done, maybe I'll give you a little taste. Of my power, I mean. Yeah, sure, whatever you say. (laughs)
1: Uh, she even offers, and I, i you know, uh, excuse the phrasing, but this is a direct quote. She says, uh, "I'll even give you a little taste of my power," <laughs> and, and quickly finishes the sentence there. But yes, uh, Rudy is all but t- too eager to join her and attempts to uh, to to get a a bite out of her, so to speak, with his. Uh, attempts to touch her and, and zap her powers but she's quickly uh, rejects him and decides that we need they needed to to escape uh, on the way out they walk down the hall and of course a uh, a female and an all what appears to be an all-male prison or at least the the male sector of the prison draws quite a bit of attention from a lot of cat calling men and uh, it's at this point that Livewire. Uh, does actually a pretty funny h- hilarious stunt. All of these guys are up against the bars and grabbing onto the bars and cat calling. And uh, she sort of grabs one of the bars herself and sends a shockwave, uh, pretty much frying, I don't know, 10, 10 to 12 inmates at that point. Uh, <laughs> and uh, at that point, they decide they need to escape Stryker Island. And uh, in order to do so, Rudy's going to jump in a police boat and Livewire, who we don't really know how Livewire got to Stryker's Island or how she gets off of it. I assume like there are power lines on the island but you don't really see do they do they connect to the land someplace like do, do they stretch that far over over the water do you think i i didn't quite get how she got there and then how she got off the island
2: she so she first appears like in parasites television right and she does seem to have it's not just like lightning powers she can like put she can like go into a power grid and then like appear on a screen and like amplify her voice and all this stuff so maybe that's like she she went back into the tv and then like transmitted herself out through like ah satellite radio waves <laughs> or something i don't know livewire is kind of one of those characters i feel like where they just kind of make up her powers as as they go but it does uh it does give us a narrative excuse to sort of split them up and as a uh, as parasite is, uh, starting to get away. There's a, uh, there's a bit there, uh, Clark and Lois are alerted to a, a commotion coming from Rikers Island and Clark using his X-ray and, uh, his telescopic vision is able to see that in fact, the parasite is escaping on a boat. And, uh, so Superman comes into action and, uh, and we'll certainly talk more about this in visuals, but this is maybe the most fun part of the episode for me uh, Mm -hmm. where, uh, where Parasite is, is uh, in the boat. And then all of a sudden the boat is lifted out of the water. Uh, He's trying to get a, get a grab of Superman and even uses like a shotgun to blow a hole in the bottom of the boat to try to get at him. But Superman just kind of tips, tips it and uh, and keeps him sort of off balance. Uh, It's at that moment that the Parasite notices a, shark uh swimming near the surface of the <laughs> of the water naturally and uh and uh, jumps into the water and uh, speaking of powers just be- being kind of whatever uh <laughs> parasite <laughs> absorbs now we have seen him do this to like a cockroach before but it didn't imply to me that he could like he would like gain the abilities of a cockroach uh, I- <laughs> yes. But uh, but here he he absorbs something from the shark that allows him to breathe underwater and swim as fast as Superman.
1: That was my question. I was like, what powers did did he support it, it, it? He has gills or that he's able to, he, Yeah, he's able to breathe mm-hmm. underwater without gills and he can swim extremely fast. Uh, did he, you think he grew like really sharp teeth in his mouth too, or something like that That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been a cool visual and probably would have mimicked what he looked like in the comics at that time. That would have been Mm, an explanation for that, but no, they didn't go that route. They just went the breathing underwater and swimming really fast route. That's
2: Right. right. So Superman is kind of continually keeping his distance, trying to avoid getting grabbed by the parasite. There's some debris and dust kicked up under the water and sort of in the confusion, uh, uh, Parasite is able to swim away and escape into some sort of sewer tunnel, and uh, that's sort of where we we get towards our, uh, our our final battle here. But first, we kind of have one more scene where uh, where Livewire and Parasite are. We we begin to see that there's uh, some holes in this partnership.
1: Yeah, so uh, at, at that point, as they're sort of laying out the plan, we notice that Rudy is sort of reaching out in an attempt uh, to to touch Livewire, and she again tells him to back off. Uh, he, It's unclear, I mean, you can kind of read between the lines, it, it's... Uh... I don't know whether or not you can a hundred percent say that Rudy is out to just get her powers at this point. And that makes, we'll talk about that. I guess when we get to our scores, but it makes the whole episode extremely uncomfortable for me, but, Mm. uh, so he's, he keeps trying to reach out to her and, touch her which obviously would give him her powers at that point she uh, continues to fend him off and tell him it literally at one point she says when i say no no means no uh so she continues to 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 reject reject him and and make sure that he's well aware of the fact that she does not want uh her uh, touching him or him touching her so uh, she shocks him a couple of different times, even to the point where it appears she sort of knocks him loopy right before she says, Hey, this is the plan. I'm out of here. So,
0: that's the plan, my purple people eater. I force Superman into your grip. Then you drain away his powers, leaving him just conscious enough to watch me deliver the final blow. Duh, you smell like fish. So, hold your nose. Uh uh-uh. uh. You can look. Don't touch. Don't be afraid. I know how to control my power. That's what they all say. Stay up too late, Rootster. Remember, we gotta stay charged for the S Man. Ciao.
1: And uh, that's where we pick up the next part of the story, which is, of course, there. Uh, there's a rainstorm in town, a, a lightning storm. Why wouldn't there be when live wires around? Uh, but this uh, this flashes to the Daily Planet where. Clark is sort of sitting there watching out the window and looking longingly, I guess, somewhat trying to strategize as to how he's going to defeat this pair of villains. And that's when he's struck with a brilliant idea, thanks to Lois, who is uh, suiting up in a very fashionable plastic raincoat, <laughs> uh, might I say, complete with a belt. Like not, not a lot of times you see a, a, a belt ensemble going along <laughs> with your with your plastic raincoat. But this, of course... Gives Superman a brilliant idea. We flash uh, once again to the reunited Parasite and Livewire who, who are at some sort of, I guess, some sort of electrical grid or, you know, gas and electric plant or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've broken broken in and uh, Livewire is once again ready to feast, which uh, leads us sort of to the culmination of our episode here in the, uh, in the electrical plant.
2: That's right. Uh, as they're sort of preparing for Superman arrive, he does uh, speak his name and he shall appear. But, uh, you know, speaking of all this, uh, this sexuality and innuendo in this episode, Superman, uh, you know, uh, teaching an important lesson here. Uh, he, <laughs> he wraps it up. He wraps it up, folks. Uh, head to toe in plastic here. No, uh, doesn't want to, doesn't want to take a chance. Doesn't want to take any Livewire
1: chance. points it out too. She says, look, the Boy Scout brought protection
2: that's right just very horny episode but uh but yeah so as, which is also raises another interesting question for me because i understand the idea is that the plastic uh you know doesn't conduct electricity so live wires powers aren't uh you know as as viable against superman but like parasite runs up and grabs him and he's like oh i can't absorb his power he's covered so but like Parasite can absorb through other clothing because he does that all the time, right? Including in this episode, several times. Hmm. Uh, so, is it like specifically plastic he can absorb? Was it like some sort of chemically treated plastic that uh, that like Star Labs whipped up from that was also anti-power absorption for some reason? I just, I just like to know. Um,
1: no idea. No but idea. for
2: for whatever reason, the parasite can't uh, can't quite get through to the uh to absorb his powers so he's uh it looks like things are going bad for our our pair of villains here uh but uh superman tosses parasite into a box and there's some uh some canisters of liquid nitrogen of course a real nuns and dynamite moment here <laughs> as uh as uh, just uh, thankfully there's a there's a case of a couple of tanks of uh liquid nitrogen Parasite throws one at, uh, at Livewire's request, which she breaks open and it covers the Man of Steel in, uh, in ice very quickly. He breaks out of it, but of course, the, uh, the ice also breaks open his protective seal. And uh, that makes him vulnerable to both of our villains here as he gets knocked down by Livewire. And then as, uh, as Parasite begins to absorb his power, we once again see Livewire and Parasite sort of butting heads and she's she's yelling at parasite not to not to knock him out she wants him to be conscious when she kills him and uh, as uh, as it appears that superman is done for we get sort of a, a very sudden moment here and, and a very sudden betrayal Although as you mentioned cal it had been set up in that previous scene but all of a sudden parasites decided that uh why uh, why let Superman die when he can keep feeding off of him, and hey, why just feed off of Superman? He could be feeding off of Livewire too. So he grabs her, and then what is without a doubt maybe the most skin crawling line of an episode, tells Livewire, "You said no to me for the last time." <laughs>
0: Too much, idiot! I want him left standing.
1: I know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, blue boy, this has been a long time coming. Get ready to snap, crackle, and pop. Hey, what do you think you're?
1: I want him alive so I can keep feeding
0: off him, and you too. You said no to me for the last time. Then.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, not a fan, not a fan of the writing, um, of some of the lines in this
2: episode. I <laughs> want to point out a woman wrote this episode. Just Yes,
1: yes, yes. Uh, we will point that out. Miss Hillary J. Bader did did indeed write this episode. But yes, so he drains her of of her powers at that point. So now not only does he have Superman's powers, he has live wires powers, he grabs a steel beam wraps it around live wire to keep her contained. And uh, in this process, Superman is able to make a remarkably quick escape up several flights of stairs somehow, despite not having his super speed or strength at this point that we know of. Uh, He wanders up the stairs and hurls a janitor's cart, a lot of janitor play in this very last scene here, but (laughs) hurls a janitor's cart down at Rudy, uh, who blasts right through it with some electricity. And then corners Superman in an office. They're now in an office. I don't know why there's an office above the electrical plant. Maybe that's common. I don't know. But there's an you office. Have up a there. place to do the paperwork. Okay, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right. So they're in the office at this point, and there's cubicles. And uh, so the, he backs Superman into a corner with actually a pretty hilarious line. Uh, where he he's like janitor's closet dead it's a dead end superman trust me i know which of course is a callback to to rudy's uh rudy's original episode where he was of course a janitor in that episode so that's pretty was a pretty hilarious line that was good actually like that one Mm -hmm. uh superman pulls out a mop and begins swinging it at rudy who of course mocks him and decides to use his heat vision at that point to try and melt it it catches the uh, or maybe it was a, a electrical blast i don't remember One of those things happens and it sets the mop on fire. Superman, of course, using his brain because uh, his brain is still his most powerful weapon at this point, lifts the mop towards the ceiling and just as parasite realizes what he's doing it's too late as superman has set off the sprinklers superman jumps back closes the janitor closet door and uh, we get an actually pretty brutal scene that we'll talk about in visuals of rudy just being shocked pretty much almost to death at least to the point where dan turpin refers to him as quote unquote oatmeal so uh <laughs> that's the end of that we get a, a final scene of superman uh, outside of the plant as i mentioned with dan turpin uh, remarking that rudy will never remember anything again pretty much Livewire is shouting at him about what an idiot that he is and that they could have had it had it all and he ruined the plan as she also is haul- hauled off to prison And uh, Superman flies off into the night, regaining his strength, saying that it's a pretty nice night for flying. All right. So that's the end of our recap for this week. I guess we can get into our plot here. We sort of discussed it along the way. It's a very uncomfortable episode, and that (laughs) made it very difficult for me to score this one. I think the concept of the episode is interesting. I don't recall too too many team ups I think you know you have you have the episode the crossover villain episodes with Bizarro and and uh, Mr. Mixia Spitlick. You mm-hmm. have you know some of the earlier episodes where you have Metallo introduced and Lex is involved, uh, but some of these major villain crossovers here that that present, I think, it gives you an opportunity to make the threat bigger to somebody that is pretty much impervious or almost invulnerable to almost everything. So when you have two threats coming at Superman at that point, it definitely raises the stakes. With that being said, watching this as an adult now and picking up on some of the very awkward innuendo that we've already mentioned and some of the seedy behavior that was that they wrote for for <laughs> parasite who I didn't feel was like a super creep in those first couple episodes in fact the last episode I felt like the Rudy character was sort of redeemed a little bit if you remember mm-hmm. you know he sort of ended up helping in you know, trying to help superman locate wherever this bomb was and all that uh, which you can hear uh, in the in the archives at dcaereview.com review.com to the crowd is that episode so yeah I I don't know I was very conflicted because I don't like the episode based on some of the creepy undertones but i do like the concept of the villain team mm-hmm. up to try and and raise the threats against superman
2: no i think that's fair uh my my general thought, uh, other than uh echoing most of what you said about the uh, the tone of of uh especially the parasite character in this it's also just i think paced a little bit oddly like mm-hmm um it's very kind of it we're all by the time parasite is broken out of prison we're like 12 or 13 minutes into a 22 minute cartoon so Mm -hmm. it feels like there's a lot of setup here we do the live wire breaking out and then she attacks superman and he fends her off and then we get her breaking parasite out and then we get superman versus parasite in the ocean and then we, you know, he gets away, and then we finally. By the time we're actually seeing the two villains sort of team up, it's it's the end of the episode. So it feels like this was it was just paced a little oddly to me, of almost like as slow of a pace as it was. You'd almost would, would have thought this would have been like the uh, first part of a two parter or something. Yeah. Not that, that makes... I necessarily not that I necessarily think this had like such strong legs that it needed two parts, but. Uh, almost like it could have ended with parasite taking both of their powers. And then, you know, maybe part two is some sort of strange, you know, Superman and Livewire team up or something for where they have to, you know, put aside their differences to stop the parasite or something like that. I think maybe that's, maybe there's a concept in there, like either if they'd gotten to that point where parasite betrays her quicker or, uh, or something, maybe that could have been, could have been interesting as well, but yeah, overall, I think yeah, the basic idea of the supervillain team up—it's fun. We'll certainly have you know good things to say about it in in visuals and some of our other categories as well. But uh, yeah, overall, I I felt it was just a little uneven and slow moving. Not to mention, as we mentioned, some of the the more uncomfortable moments. So uh, I ended up settling on a four out of ten for plot.
1: Yeah, I went just a tick higher. I went five out of ten. I can definitely see that uh, the the pacing thing, and that was the that was as soon as you started saying that, I was like, man, yeah, maybe not necessarily that there. This had to be a two parter, but you, I think you could have written things a little bit more and not had the the culmination of the episode feel as rushed. Um, And and you know the action part, you know, you don't really get all of that all of that much of the two villains taking on Superman at once for very mm-hmm. long. It's a very split second interaction. And then, you know, Rudy turns on Rudy turns on live So it's a very quick moment where the two of them are sort of um, sort of battling him two-on-one so yeah that that could have been could have been paced differently so either way from both of us here not a not a great plot score from either one of us here so let's move on to animation and visuals here Liam. we will talk to see if they would get a better score in this category as you mentioned uh coco responsible for the animation here uh this episode written by hillary j bader as we mentioned uh so this episode what do you got with uh with visuals here what uh, what stood out to you?
2: Well, one thing is th- this episode has the benefit of coming after maybe the worst looking episode we've ever reviewed last week. Um, so it, it truly was that, a breath of fresh air. Yes, I right? When I, saw, when I saw Coco and Dong Yang as the animators, I was like, oh, thank thank the good Lord above that, uh, you know, we're a little bit back to normal um, this week. And yeah, I, I I wish maybe again, when you have these two supervillains steaming up, you would have maybe expected. A more like epic final battle than we get. I do think there's some fun stuff in the uh, in that uh, that first that para- as mentioned that parasite uh, escape sequence where he's on the boat and Superman lifts it out of the water and then he he shoots the uh, the bottom of the boat with a shotgun to tr- so he could try to reach through and grab Superman and then their fight under the water. Uh, I really love and it's it's pretty consistent throughout the show but I really love the coloration whenever they're underwater uh, in this show. Like it's really, uh, it's really interesting to me. I really like it's, it's very like muted and, and, and fun. It kind of has this blue hue over everything Uh, Superman and, and trying to sort of play keep away with parasite in that sequence. And then, uh, going down and finding like a sunken ship, he probably put the ship there. Know, <laughs> because, as we've noted, every body of water in Metropolis is Superman's personal dumping ground. But uh, but he takes like the the uh, like a pole off of the ship and starts swinging it wildly at Metallo and or at Metallo and Parasite, and uh, and uh, we get the sequence and all this sort of dust gets kicked up and Superman's trying to look through it and and just the fluidity I think of of how like Parasite especially because he you. Know, again absorbs the shark somehow and uh, just like fluidity of how he's moving through the water versus how superman is moving through the water and then them having this sort of uh this sort of cat and mouse game in in the water that might be the standout visual sequence for me
1: yeah those are those were all great i did enjoy that i will say um, there were at times where it felt like I don't know the character models themselves were a little bit and again comparing it to last week it's it's not even close like this is so much better than what we witnessed last week (laughs) I will say that the characters uh, seemed a little bit more elongated if that makes sense like they're a little bit little bit wider taller stretched out it felt look like than maybe Mm -hmm. a a standard standard episode um i you know i I don't know what the again that could just be versus what we saw last week and just not not recognizing but things definitely had more of a i feel like an eastern animation feel in that way that things were a little bit more uh stretched out dynamic but with that came some of those really incredible angles that we saw like the part where Rudy picks up the gun in the boat. I thought that's great because the barrel literally kind of points at the screen at an angle and you get this real dynamic pose of him pointing it towards the bottom of the screen. Um, You know, when he sneaks up behind Superman after the, you know, right when he starts to zap the powers at the, uh, in that final scene there, it's, you know, there's a very dynamic look there. Um, I think that the thing that stuck out for me was the whole aspect of the the mop getting caught on fire Superman kind of holding it there there's a scene where he's kind of holding it like he's holding a, a torch for a second there and it's a really neat visual then he kind of just twirls it up towards the ceiling and uh, and then Rudy's face of like shock as he's kind of comprehending what's about to happen and then as Superman rushes into that closet very quickly you the flashback of Rudy being electrocuted and there's sort of this vibration technique that they did with the animation where the the visuals itself kind of are shaking on the screen. Screen and kind of distorting, and it's moving back and forth, vibrating a little bit. It's it's a really neat and paired. Honestly, you know, we don't really have a have a category for the 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 audio necessarily outside of music. But I thought that the audio engineers, the the haunting sort of echoing of Rudy's voice as he's being electrocuted, mm-hmm. it kind of fades and bleeds into the end of the scene. Um, really, really fantastic, and made that made that scene really, really. Impactful, I thought. Gonna do this nice.
0: Give him an inch. The janitor's closet, A dead end. Superman, believe me, I know. Oh, now I'm scared. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I think that the, you do have multiple battle scenes. So as you mentioned, you have a fight scene almost right off the bat with live wire, right in the second scene there. And, and there's some, you know, some good back and forth there. Her visuals are always great. Of course, jumping in and out of, of different things and the way that they visualized her transformation from physical form into the, into the electric electrical form, and then in, in and out of appliances. And, uh, she re, Uh, repeated her her performance that she did in the first episode which we reviewed uh in the archives at dcaureview.com with uh with nathan from superman the animated podcast of course Mm -hmm. but uh so you can check that one out but uh where she appears on the giant multi-screen billboard size uh, video screens um so yeah we get that we get we get her when she's you know in the uh in the electrical plant and sort of feeding in in that final scene there she's got her arms stretched up and you know her eyes are turning white it's uh you know they did uh, the visuals i think in the episode for me were probably the strong suit and and even though uh things are sort of spread out between the the first three acts you do have an action beat in each of those acts and i think that 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 really helps make the visuals feel feel a lot stronger than well anything stronger than last week but leaps and bounds almost like a completely different different show than what we watched last week so uh for all those reasons uh you know i i there wasn't anything that was top top notch i, th- I thought other than the, maybe the electrocution superman in the plastic suit uh should we talk about that his squished face <laughs> and hair and uh he wasn't wearing a cape for that, that it's very yeah. funny yeah it's it's he he looks like a goofball that's for sure but honestly how do you how do you the fact that they were able to animate a sort of plastic skin tight suit from head to toe and kind of visualize that how that works like makes it makes his hair two-dimensional as a three-dimensional character i think that that's that's pretty unique so uh Mm -hmm. you know that we talked about that when we reviewed the batman beyond episode with uh with 2d man where how do you make a a two-dimensional image three-dimensional but also two-dimensional if that makes sense you know (laughs) and i think the fact that they were able to sort of do that here with having his you know his hair look flat it looked like it's being mushed into his you know into his scalp using the suit uh probably not an easy feat so that that's probably worth a worth an extra point to me so uh for all those reasons i ended up giving uh, animation visuals a pretty strong seven out of ten what about you
2: yeah uh, as uh as Dennis and always sunny said uh, superman's hair looked small <laughs> but yes uh yeah sorry couldn't couldn't uh, resist the uh, the reference there but yeah I, uh, I actually went with the same exact score of 7 out of 10 i think there's some there's some really fun stuff in that that first parasite escape sequence and then yes the the final battle for all the men- reasons you mentioned and just that the shot where after parasite light, lights the the broom or the mop on fire and superman sort of smiles slowly and then slowly holds up the you know the fiery mop to the the sprinkler and you just get this close-up of the sprinkler and you see like the water dripping off of it there's a lot of like little extra detail here um that uh, that was very much appreciated i think especially coming off of of what we uh saw last week so yeah a good a good a good respectable seven out of ten for visuals from both
1: of us yeah that was that was a great great scene worth going out of your way to check it out if you can find it All right, Liam, let's uh, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. Uh, Some some good musical notes this week, of course, with uh, with Livewire returning, it means we have uh, more of the the classic full band electric guitar and drums included. So there are some notes notes there. Uh, What did you pick up as far as we as far as music is concerned for this week?
2: Yeah, I loved the music in this week's episode. You obviously, as you mentioned, we have live wire backs. We have a return of a, a little bit of electric guitar and more traditional uh, rock drumming throughout her sequences and that even sort of bleeds into when when Superman appears, you sort of get the Superman theme, but you still have like those uh, the rock drums coming in uh, underneath of it, which I thought was fun. You, you hear that a lot in the final sequence there. Uh, as, as she's trying to attack him and, and he's sort of fending, fending her off with the, with the plastic shield. But uh, I think the, what the standout piece of music for me, and it's funny because I, I, I can't remember if we've really talked about it in our, our previous Parasite episodes, but there's not really like a full theme for the Parasite, but there is this sort of musical refrain that plays for him. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it comes off and it, it's played a lot throughout this episode and it's played in a lot of different ways, which I really appreciate, which is sort of, it almost sounds like a little clumsier when he's, when he's trying to grab Superman and, and Superman's wrapped up in the plastic towards the end. And and you kind of hear it almost like clumsier as Superman grabs him and throws it up and they meld back into the Superman theme. And then, you know, as live wire goes back on the attack, you hear the electric guitar move move back in. So just the way they... They sort of melded the Superman theme, the Parasite theme, and the Livewire theme. And again, Livewire, I wouldn't necessarily be able to hum her theme, but obviously, anytime you hear that that sort of more traditional rock music uh, accompaniment, you know that you know you're hearing a Livewire episode here. So. Uh, just the way they sort of meld the traditional DCAU music um, with, with that live wire theme and the way the, the different character themes sort of meld into each other throughout these various scenes, I thought was very, very impressive.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, that was one of the things, and I actually, I rewound it a couple of times to listen to it, but when they bring the Superman theme in, as you mentioned in that, that final fight scene, it's so great because it's the traditional Superman theme, but it's sped up a little bit. You get the drums behind it, which is not something you're, you're used to usually setting the, you know, setting the the beat for the, the entire, or the base almost for the entire, <laughs> entire, uh, uh, performance of that song is usually the deeper sounding strings this it's the actual drums are setting the beat for them for the sort of the triumph of the of that theme uh so and then like you said it melds into other ones and uh as soon as live wire breaks out you and uh, i think it even in the initial scene where she's talking to the janitor and uh, she for, gets that first charge out of the Walkman. She, you hear that they bring in the, the electric guitar right away as, you know, as her eyes light up and she gets the first charge and, you know, she's emphatic about, uh, you know, being excited that she's, she's getting her first charge in a long time. So, you know, it, it punctuates it. It makes the scenes uh, better, I would say, and I think it it has a unique identity, which a lot of times are the things that I look for with the music. This sets it apart from the rest of it, and. Uh, It includes the same, it's a, it's a theme within the themes, if that makes sense. You know, you have the rock, Mm -hmm. rock aspect within all, all of the music. So yeah, for all those reasons, I, I ended up giving music a really strong eight out of 10 for this week. I think it's really, really good. Um, Another, another set of music that would be great to hear in sort of isolation to hear, hear and appreciate some of those pieces, especially the rocked up Superman theme. Just so, so great
2: absolutely yeah i uh, i went just a tick higher i went nine out of ten i i really enjoyed it and again that that parasite uh refrain i think is especially effective in, in that final scene as superman's you know been depowered and you know parasites coming after him not only with superman's powers but with live wires and you keep hearing that that refrain uh sort of played and gets more and more dramatic and then you build up that moment where the the sprinklers go off and as you mentioned superman runs into the janitor closet and closes the door and and you kind of see the light show and you get the this you know great crescendo to the music at that point and the music kind of lays out and you let the the sound effects and the and the voice acting do its part just, so just yeah, yeah really really strong job by uh by mr cohen this week
1: Absolutely. Let's move on to our final category, Liam, which is going to be voice acting, bunch of returning characters, the usuals, the usual suspects for this week, but uh, we can definitely still break them down. Anyway, let's talk about this week's voice cast.
2: That is right. So we have uh, not, not a huge cast as mentioned. We do briefly have Dan Delaney as Lois Lane, a couple of scenes as, as well as Joseph Bologna as Dan Turpin um, but yeah, most of the episode is going to be carried by by our, our villains of the piece. We do, in fact, have Laurie Petty returning as Livewire, and uh, and Brian James returning as Parasite. And I will just say, I don't know if this is something in the the audio mixing. Uh, uh, Mr. James as Parasite, like he he doesn't sound bad, but he's like he's his. I feel like his audio is much lower. <laughs> Mm. than any of anyone else in this episode and it was like distracting in some of the scenes for me when I was listening to him talk versus listening to live wire talk it was like uh just seemed like it, or maybe and maybe that was that was designed as he's you know he's supposed to be more subdued in this episode because then when he has the more you know more directly overtly villainous turn at the end maybe it's meant to be more more dramatic and he's really you know he's holding back for most of it but it's like he's, he's, he's a very quiet performance from uh, from Mr. James. In this yeah,
1: I, I what I the the thing that I thought about it was that it felt like it was, and and I don't know. Obviously, I don't I don't have any insight to say whether it was or it wasn't. We would have to you know hear it from some of the DCAU creators or people that were responsible for the show at that time uh, to confirm or deny. But it almost felt like he didn't record his lines with the rest of the cast because it seems like in you know we we've talked about that a lot in the 196 episodes plus that we've done here of the show that a lot of times what made the cast seems so natural and the, the performances coming off was that traditionally in animation, you know, voice actors did not perform together. You recorded your lines separately, but that one of the things that uh, the great Andrea Romano decided to do was to have, uh, you know, the cast together when they recorded their lines and that kind of made it more natural and they fed off each other's energy and made it feel. And and that's why it felt like maybe he was just extremely, maybe he's supposed to be very low energy, maybe, juxtaposed against live wire he comes off less energetic or that's the idea or like you said maybe it's because he hasn't fed on very much it's supposed to be and he's supposed to sort of you know, come out of his shell, so to speak at the end, once he has Superman and live wires power. Cause I feel like the last scene that he does with Superman is okay, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's the same person that we saw in the last couple episodes. So, uh, or the previous two episodes that he was in. So I I would agree something was off about it. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it seemed like just maybe it wasn't as energetic of a, or didn't seem as energetic for whatever reason uh, from past performances.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair on the other hand and it might also be because he's playing off of Laurie Petty as as Livewire who is so uh you know amped up so every everything she said is about like you know getting attention on herself in this episode like it's you know she's perfect for this character as 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 we talked about with Nathan in our uh, our previous review but uh but yeah so I think I think it's like having this very loud bombastic character um, yeah, maybe there was an idea of sort of uh, contrasting the two villains in that way with having him be more soft-spoken. But on the other hand, you do have Lori Petty as Livewire, I think, uh, you know, doing, doing what she does best. She's just, she's loud, gymnoxious, she's, she's making jokes and a, a good, a classic, a classic good old supervillain who makes bad jokes and then laughs, laughs at them. Uh, good, good stuff here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's she's pretty much a quip machine for most of the most of the episode. Lots of quips, lots of one-liners, lots of puns, and uh, a few dad jokes. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, not afraid to slip in an appropriate line here or there. So, um, yeah. <laughs>
2: of lines that are just, for whatever reason, burned into my brain. Uh, when she, after, uh, as you mentioned, Parasite's, like, watching a, like, a, a takeoff of, like, David Letterman, and it's, like, a dog is on, is on the TV, and then she, like, cuts in, and she just says rudy and it's like that line is like burned in. like i knew that was coming i knew exactly how she said it <laughs> like it was just like wow i've i've seen this episode a lot that was definitely one of those moments with, with uh with miss petty's performance and this it was was a good memory jogger for oh yeah i watched this
1: episode like 30 times when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> yep definitely one heavy in the rotation but yeah she's she's fine and yeah i think we only get really one more a performance from her in the well we get it in in technically in the new batman adventures from this series mm-hmm. uh so we really don't get uh don't get much of her after this so it's definitely she has the bulk of the role to do i feel like in the episode but because of the way that the episode was set up she, at no point other than maybe that first fight with superman does she have a whole lot of dialogue strung together that doesn't feel like just one a one-liner um <laughs> uh, so which is a shame because i i think that she probably deserved a little bit better
2: yeah i think that's fair and then of course we do have tim daly a superman who probably has less to do than uh than he does in a, in a lot of other episodes that we've talked about here nothing nothing wrong with the uh, with the old man of steel's performance this week but i didn't really have many notes like because it really feels like a christopher reeve superman line to me <laughs> um or like or even like maybe maybe one of the various uh, tv superman over the years so like even like a george reeve or or nowadays uh, tyler hoakland on on superman and lois like could have could have said this but the uh when, uh, when Turpin asks him if he needs a lift and he, he replies that, no, he's, he's feeling better and, you know, it's a nice night for flying. And then he flies off and we, you know, we end our episode.
0: You bungling idiot! We could have had it all! All! Oh, look at me, you dolt! This is the face that's going to destroy you! You hear me, eggplant? Don't waste your breath, Sparky. Parasite don't even know who he is. It's a good bet he ain't going to remember you.
2: Do you think he'll ever remember?
0: Eh, he's oatmeal. <sighs> you, uh, need a lift?
1: No, thanks. I'm feeling stronger, and it's a nice night for flying.
2: Was like, That's a really cute little line that I feel like i don't know if it felt totally expected from from this version of superman but it definitely feels like i could imagine a chris reeve or or somebody saying that line
1: yeah it's solid it's a it's a nice way to wrap up the episode and uh put a bow on it superman's gonna be a okay and he's just going out for a a nice fly he's all right
2: Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll just bring us to our scores here. Uh, yeah, overall, like I said, I thought uh, Mr. James' performance was a little uneven and then I just didn't think there was a lot to do for the rest of the cast. So not necessarily a big indictment on their performances as much as just uh, not a lot of meat on the bone this week. So I ended up settling on a five out of 10 for voice acting.
1: Yeah, I gave it the exact same score, five out of 10. Just unfortunately, nothing really stood out. I think unfortunately working against the 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 performers that we know have delivered pretty solid performances on their own in the past uh kind of worked against them having the two of them in the same episode together with what felt a bit rushed uh sort of with the time frame of them them having their own time to to uh to give their own performances so yeah, I think I think that sort of hampered things is ha- having them both on on screen so much, actually, for for just a 22 minute episode. So uh, not to say that anybody did anything poor, but just just nothing stood out. All right, Liam, let's wrap things up here with our final scores for this week. Uh, totaling everything up, I end up with a 25 out of 40. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think we only uh, I think we differed in two categories, but each being uh, one point off from the other. So I, too, ended up at the exact same score of 25 out of 40.
1: All right. Now, as we talked about last week, sometimes the score or maybe the uncomfortable nature in which we've uh, (laughs) enjoyed or lack thereof the episode doesn't always reflect as to whether or not we recommend this as a rewatch or a must watch. Where does this fall for you? Um, obviously we have returning, turning characters to mm-hmm. pretty big staples in the Superman rogues gallery here, characters that return uh, in other places in the DCAU. So this isn't their swan song. Uh, what do you say is uh, the old one thumb up here? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's not
2: particularly uh, as you mentioned uh, important to, this series or even the DCAO as a whole, but you do have you have two of the big time villains from this series to the most memorable villains teaming up and and it is it is part of their story here and they and as you said, they they've appeared before and they will appear again. So, yeah, I give this at least uh, I give this the Orange Cassidy thumb up if nothing else at least one, you know, one uh, sort of reluctant thumb up on this one. Crossover.
1: yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you on that one it, it's uh it follows up it ties back obviously to a couple of episodes and uh, if you can if you can ignore the uncomfortable nature and and in which uh, Rudy treats women in this episode and the <laughs> overt horniness of of uh, most of the characters then uh, then you might enjoy this episode I don't know but uh, yeah one thumb up which I guess brings us uh, to closing out the episode. Thank you everybody for tuning in for this week. If you like this episode, if you're able to sort of look past the uncomfortability, uh, or maybe you you maybe we're reading too much into things, uh, we would love to hear your feedback. Tweet us at DCAU Review or comment on one of our Instagram posts at DCAU Review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Had a great week interacting last week, talking about Superman's pal. Got some great great feedback from some of the fans. Thank you guys. Uh, everybody that always comments on our stuff or, or tweets at us, we enjoy the interaction, uh, helps us, uh, helps us feel like we're doing something here not just talking to ourselves so we appreciate any and all interaction that you give if you wish to give us uh some more interaction you got a couple ways that you can do that you can uh, leave us a review if your podcast app allows you to do so a five-star review is always appreciated Uh, if it allows you to leave a little blurb telling people what it is that you enjoy about the program we would uh we'll take that too if you don't mind Uh, helps people tune in, maybe pique their interest a little bit, get some more ears on the product, as we say. Uh, Also, of course, as we mentioned, you can subscribe to us on The Pod Tower on YouTube, where you'll not only get our full catalog catalog of episodes and uh, bonus episodes, you also get some great content from our friends over at The Watchtower Database, as well as uh, our friends at Tim Talk, who wrapped up their podcast. Brief, uh, Brief side note here, congrats to the Tim Talk guys. Uh, They made it all the way through their uh, entire watch through of the DCAU. (laughs) They, they wrapped up justice league unlimited this week. So, uh, you know, slow clap for those guys, Uh, huge accomplishment and uh, looking forward, hopefully this isn't the end of the the road for them. And the uh, you know, we, we get to see some more from them because those are just some, some fun guys and you can check out their full catalog, as we mentioned on the, uh, the pod tower, but congratulations to those guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were uh, we've been fortunate enough. We've had uh, Chris from Tim Talk on our show. Uh, one of our episodes of discuss this league, and uh, hopefully we'll get to have him and Cameron uh, back on uh, sometime in the in the not too distant future. Uh, but uh, yeah, they uh, they and unlike us, they threw basically from in in uh, episode order from went through all the shows individually. Uh, so it was a uh, ask and it, it took them quite a few years and it's uh you know we've always talked about that it's, as you've just said cal it's always great uh you know uh connecting with and, and chatting with other fellow fans and fellow uh dcau content creators like uh, like the tim talk boys and uh yeah absolutely hats off to them and uh yeah look forward to uh to talking with them maybe down the road and uh, look forward to interacting with any other uh, dcu fans that we talk to on our on our twitter or instagram
1: that's right well Liam we believe it or not uh, have one more Saturday coming up here in the month of February so that means as we mentioned at the beginning of the month this is a Superman themed month we left that open because hey uh, as we've also mentioned several times hey we don't have a lot of these Superman episodes we're winding down on some of the shows uh, that we've covered here so uh, with that we introduced a new concept a few months ago and we are going to be doing another one of those episodes next week, Liam.
2: That is right. We are bringing in another character spotlight episode. And uh, since we are doing a month of Superman reviews, we thought we would pick a character that, uh, that we could pick out of the Superman rogues gallery. And uh, the, this this particular gentleman does have some crossover. We will be looking at the Superman, the animated series appearances
1: of none other than the great and villainous dark side. Amazing. Looking forward to that. Michael Ironside, of course, the voice of him just celebrated a big birthday. Mm-hmm. We just passed a couple of anniversaries for the debut of uh some of the the biggest baddest dark side appearances in superman the animated series some 24 and 25 year anniversaries of those episodes maybe 26 year anniversaries so yeah it's going to be a big one it's going to be a fun one as you mentioned we'll just be talking about his superman the animated series appearances so this will be volume one so of uh dark side in superman the animated series for a DCAU spotlight episode next week And cannot wait to talk about that one it's going to be a fun one But until then, I'm Cal. I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU
0: Review. Bye-bye.